Welcome in to another edition of the Clinton Issues Podcast. I'm Woody Womack. Uh, once again, broadcasting from lovely New Orleans. And I have to clarify that we had some confusion among the listeners last week. Uh, joining me on the phone from Austin, Texas is Nick Kruger. Nick, I guess people thought you were here with me in New Orleans last week. Man, wouldn't that have been a dream come true? Yeah, yeah. Well, then we wouldn't have had mom's home cooking or whatever, uh, if, if, that, if that were the case. And then uh, back in action, joining us from Miami, Rob Casty. Rob, how's it going? It's going, man. Everything is, uh, hasn't stopped raining here for about two weeks. Uh, you know, I feel like I live in your neck of the woods in Oregon or something. Well, I got news for you. This, that's the theme of the summer is, you know, if BJ Thomas were still around, he could probably turn out a hit song, uh, the, summer, the summer anthem, because... It has been raining in Atlanta. I mean, I've been trying to get my roof fixed for months, and it keeps getting pushed back because of said weather. And then I flew I flew into New Orleans today through uh, Tropical Storm Cindy, which made for a little bit of a bumpy ride. But, you know, i got to be at LSU's camp tomorrow. Can't miss that, uh, even if it means risking crashing in an airplane. So. <laughs> as, as Nick found out in an expletive-laced text message I sent him earlier today. Um <laughs> But anyway, we got all kinds of stuff to talk about because I, there were over 90 commits last week. Can you believe that? To FBS or to Power Five schools, 90. Uh, so that's a lot. One of them, Al Blades, who's a notorious friend of the show. Seems like we've been covering him for about 15 years now. Uh, he commits to Miami, and I believe he did so the day after visiting Tennessee. Which, and I mean. Boy, he, he really had the Tennessee fans thinking he was going there. And it seems like a yearly tradition for some Florida prospect to do it. So, Rob, break it break it down for us. Well, you know, he always wanted to commit on Father's Day because, you know, he's got the history with his dad that died in the car accident. That was the star at Miami. Uh, I think this was always the plan, right, is no matter what happened, he was going to announce his commitment to Miami on Father's Day. Well, you know, somewhere online, Kevin Beard gets the job at Tennessee. He gets promoted. And I think Al wants to do him a solid and go out there and visit. So I'm not sure he intentionally – I mean he definitely intentionally trolled them in other ways. Uh, I'm not sure that the visit was like – you know, I think things just happened to break where two things that he wanted to do happened – they had to happen back to back because of – you know he had other commitments and travel dates. But he ends up trying to sell everybody that he's going there. And I wrote something after the five-star challenge saying, you know, I'll eat a couple shoes if Al Blades commits to Tennessee ever. And then he visits and then he does an interview where he's like, yeah, you know, he tells Tennessee fans essentially basically everything they want to hear. And then there's, a, of course, a two-page board or thread on the Tennessee message board at Rivals.com over at VolQuest of people posting gifts of shoes. Like I was – like he was actually going there. And then, of course, the next day he commits to Miami. Um, so, you know, I got to – I'm going to laugh out of that. But, you know, he was never going to Tennessee. Uh, but – and this is what I said over there on VolQuest is that doesn't mean that the visit is insignificant, right? Like those two things aren't mutually exclusive, I don't think. I think that Kevin Beard is – that you're going to see that he has that kind of pull. Now, it's unfortunate that the first major guy he got on campus was a guy that was pretty much already silented to Miami and was never going anywhere else. But I think it's a nice way of showing what he's capable of. And he has that kind of pull with other South Florida prospects and other programs. Uh, and I think Tennessee will see it going forward, especially if they experience success on the field this year. I, eventually, something's going to give, and they're going to get one. It just isn't going to be outweighed. Yeah, when we've seen uh, Tennessee get a couple of Florida commitments, including a kid that I saw uh, well, on one of these trips recently, Tanner Ingle, who's a three-star, a five-five three-star. 
that might be a little bit better than that. Of course, that's for you to decide, Mr. Cassidy. But it seems like they're almost taking a similar approach to a team we're going to talk about later, uh, Oregon, in targeting a lot of these players. Now, the, the criticism, especially from people, you know, Tennessee fans and people in the state, is why do we want a guy if he doesn't have an offer from any of the big three in the state? So, uh, you know, I guess, what's your take on that? Do you think it's worth them going after these guys and hoping they hit a home run with somebody like Ingle, who maybe turns out to be better than we think? Or, I mean, yeah, that's part of it for sure. And you and I and Nick and on this podcast have talked about the way you have to recruit in Florida, right? You have to take the right players from the right programs, from the right seven on seven teams, from the right training groups. Uh, And if you take enough of the right players and make the right people happy, you will have a shot with the big name, you know, marquee guys down the road. That's just kind of how you play the game in Florida. Uh, and I think Tennessee knows that. If anybody knows that, Kevin Baird knows that as well as anybody, right? So if they didn't know it before, they certainly know it now. Well, and I think uh, it's easy for someone like, for us to know, uh, especially me and you, that I think at least three of these players that they've taken from Florida have ties to uh, our unnamed friend of the show. Is that right? <laughs> <laughs> that is, yeah, absolutely, one hundred percent true, and that's a uh, the unnamed friend of the show is a good person to uh, have ties to in especially Florida. In Orlando, gonna... yeah, especially in Orlando. I'm looking at the let's. I'm going through here to, to take a look at some of the guys. So yeah, Ingle, uh, yes, Brandon Cross, yes. Uh, so that's two, I guess. I I thought they had a third one, but they took a third one. They took one last year as well. Yeah. I believe the tight end quarterback guy that they took, and they're recruiting some of the other players there. But but but. That's what you have to decide. I mean, it, it's interesting from my perspective to see them take two 5'10", 185 cornerbacks just because, you know, there's been a lot of talk about how they like these taller DBs. Um, and so they, they've got Brendan Harris, who's a safety. Um, they've got Shatara McClay, who's who's also 5'11", who's a really good athlete. And uh, we'll see how, how things work out with him if he, if he ends up enrolling on time and everything. But... Um, yeah, so they're making those connections. So anyway, I, I, it's interesting. I think that's the situation to watch. And like I said, we're going to touch on it later with Oregon. Uh, in terms of Miami, I mean, obviously this has been a long time coming, but it still gave them a pretty good boost, don't you think? I mean, they they should be happy to have it official, even if we thought he was committed for a while anyway. Yeah, I mean, I think most fans or anybody that follows recruiting at all kind of knew it was coming, but it's still, you know, it's a nice little uh, surprise, and then you get the added jolt that it's on Father's Day, and, you know, it's a really nice uh, kind of sentiment, I think. Um, And, you know, I think they expected it, but, you know, they're just adding to momentum and adding to momentum and adding to perception, and as long as this thing doesn't crash on the field, it's going to be mighty hard to unseat them at the top of of the recruiting rankings, I think. Yeah. So what I wanted to talk about with Blades, too, is, you know, Mike Farrell, uh, National Recruiting Director, I think is his title. Yes. <laughs> ever-evolving title here. Um, he's very high on him, and I think we're going to have a, a debate. I mean, I know, Nick, you've had various feelings about Blades over the years, uh, both positive and negative. What do we think of him? Is he living up to his ranking right now? You know, at what point do we expect him... Because, I mean, a lot of his ranking has always been on when he put it all I together. Think he, I think right now, I think before, maybe not, I think right now we have him ranked accurately to where he is. Now, you know Pharrell is going to, because I've already seen the breadcrumbs of hints, is wants to make him a five-star. 
Um, and I understand that based on potential. If we're going to take another step forward, hoping he takes the next step. And, and he's, I think that, you know, a year ago we had him overranked, but we just did because we knew he was going to become what he's become now, I think. Uh, so doing it again is just kind of rolling the dice again, right? Um, I, you know, I'm not opposed to it. I think we should wait, uh, if I'm being completely honest. But I know that our boss uh, is going to be, uh, at least it seems like our boss is going to be pitching that idea very soon. Yeah, we never know, though. He could change his his mind could totally change uh, between between now and then. Uh, I, you you never know what's going to happen. I want to get Nick's opinion on this too, though, because Nick has been kind of the more vocal, you know, Alblades detractor over the years. Uh, you saw him recently at the Five Star Kruger. Where where is your ever evolving Alblades opinion? Well, my my opinion on Blades isn't as strong coming out of the Five Star challenges. Is I, I was I was actually going to ask you to commentate on that because, as we all know, I was kind of relegated to watching the offensive and defensive linemen for the entire day. So uh, I didn't really get, I didn't really get the, the look at the DBs that I wanted to. What did you think about how he did? I, I, per, I, think, I think I like his personality, and I think he has, like, the sort of attitude that you like in a DB. And I think just dealing with him as a person, like, I would buy into the potential that he is the type of – like, like I would buy into the potential that he's the type of person that – would continue to get better, and I think he has all the physical tools that you have, you look for. And if he's five eleven, I I don't I don't know is that is that what you were referencing that he is five he's a five eleven corner because I don't have a problem with his size either. I mean I think I think he's I think he's fine. No, I just know in the elements. past that you haven't been as high on his talents uh, as some other well, people. I, 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 his his talent I don't think his talent was an issue with me. I, I thought that he I thought that he talked more. I, I, I thought that I thought that he thought that he was better than he was at the time that I had that opinion. But I mean, if he showed well, if he showed well enough at the five star challenge for uh, certain people to think he's he's crossed that five star threshold, then I, I wouldn't argue with that either. I think it was his best camp by far. Um, I still, and you know, Miami fans will come after me for this, but I still don't think that I'm ready to make that move yet. Uh, but like I said, I don't have the final say, and the man that's not on this podcast uh, seems to be in their camp. So you, you and me, you and me generally are a little more conservative. Uh, with, you know, with, you know, pu- pushing guys to to the stratosphere, you know, in, in certain in certain respects. So he very he very well could be. I mean, I've only got one five star in Texas right now in Anthony Cook, and you know, a lot of, a lot of people are waiting for BJ Foster to be that next guy. A few others uh, think that they I could have that in the state as well with with a couple more players. But you know, I I mean, I I don't see the problem in waiting. We still have three more ranking cycles to go. Um, you're going to see him again, you know, over the course of the summer and the fall. So I can never get away um, from. Him. Yeah, you can't get away. I mean, you guys are. Is he going to be at prime twenty one? Is that confirmed? No, it's too old now. They'll be. Oh, yeah, old. Yeah, old. I thought he might. I thought he might make a uh, thirty third year in a row. <laughs> thought he might make a celebrity guest appearance. Uh, that that means you and I will be covering prime twenty one alone this year, Nick. Since uh, so uh, there, um, I'm already anyway, booked for it. It's interesting. So the three of us are going. What do you mean you're – well, okay. Well, let's talk about that later. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway. All right. We've got a couple other topics here. I guess we, we made uh, Al Blades into a twofer. So, uh, Nick, it's your turn to take the floor. Texas A&M seems to be rolling once again. Uh, they added a couple of three-stars. They added a Rivals 250 offensive lineman. Uh, you know, it's interesting because we, we look at the Aggies and we say, you know, we talked about Kevin Sumlin, AD, putting him on the hot seat. It seems to be having no impact on recruiting at all. I mean, are they showing any signs of slowing down? 
Well, I think when you look at the guys that they've been getting, uh, you know, when, when you when you look at when you compare it to like how Texas is doing uh, with some of the some of the higher end guys uh, in in state, you know, te- Texas is still probably got the edge as far as the 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 uh, quality of the recruiting class. But I do like the way I do like the guys that Texas A and M has brought in recently. Uh, Barton Clement was the guy that we saw over the weekend uh, commit to Texas A and M, and he had a number of guys. Uh, or a number of teams rather in in on him very early. Uh, even teams like Ohio State, you know, big, big time uh, nationally recruiting teams. And his recruitment has been sort of quiet uh, over the spring in terms of you know him not making a lot of noise, not you know not really saying too much in interviews and things like that. You know, he he didn't do a ton of camps uh, over the spring, but a guy that's been on the radar for a lot of teams here recently. And you know, I I think he's I think he's a solid get as an offensive lineman. I think when you look at the offensive lineman in their class right now. Uh, Luke Matthews is probably the best. Barton Clement, I think, is is probably potentially the second best. You know, Cole, uh, Cole Blanton is a is a big offensive tackle, um, but I, I don't think has has the kind of uh, skill and you know kind of physical coordination that the other two guys do. So Clement's a Clement's a good guy uh, to have on the interior of the offensive line. Um, you know, kind kind of a a little bit undersized in terms of his height, but I think that's good for what Texas A and M sort of likes to do in terms of keeping the offense moving, being able to kind of spread things out. Um, but when you look at the other guys that they brought in, two you know two kind of speedy, athletic outside linebacker types, and Tyree Wilson and Brian Johnson. Johnson's a guy that I've you know he he was one of the first guys that I met coming to Texas, honestly, as as, as a player and somebody that I've liked to watch uh, develop over the past couple of seasons. A rangy you know outside linebacker that I think you know is, is going to be playing a lot of safety uh, for his Manville High team uh, this upcoming season. And uh, Tyree Wilson, you know, a guy he's he's not quite as fast on film uh, as as Johnson is, but but has more size and uh, is going to be somebody coming off the edge that's really going to uh, create some create some problems, you know, cutting off passing lanes and um, you know just getting off, getting after the passer. So so some of the so in terms of profile uh, with the guys that they're adding to the class, maybe not the maybe not the name recognition uh, that 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 maybe A and M fans would. You know, like to see relative to like what Texas is doing, but as far as quality of, of recruits that they're getting in this class, I think they're doing a great job keeping pace with with some of the other programs in state. Yeah, the, the guy we didn't get a chance to talk about, uh, and I guess it's kind of a bigger picture. You know, Max Wright, who committed at the beginning of the month, is one of the top players in the country. Leon O'Neill, mm-hmm. same situation. Uh, I mean, Wright's ranked number fifty overall, despite uh, looking like he could be one of your cousins. Um, <laughs> <laughs> him, him and Jergens. I've got I've got a whole family tree of uh, football players in this class. No, well, I heard Jergens disowned you after some trash talk. Uh, well, whatever. The, we I took mean, the we took he, the went, he went all Trey Nixon on Kruger. Like Kruger we made took, one joke and he went full heel on him. Well, you know, and he and 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 the listeners aren't going to understand that reference. But but what Jergens needs to know, and I'm sure he's listening to this podcast. Hopefully, he's still a friend of it. Uh, after our brief encounters, I didn't even make a joke about him directly, but uh, but apparently he seemed to think that I did. And, uh, hey, you know, those soft Midwesterners, man, you got to you know, watch around them. I ran into him at the airport. He was uh, oh, he was all happy to see me. So it's definitely a it's definitely a you problem. Um, but, heard, but but yeah, what you what you were going to with uh, with Max Wright and Leon O'Neill, obviously the obviously the two premier gets in their class and recent gets too, and and really helped a And M keep some momentum. And I think you know for. Sorry, somebody's getting arrested outside my house. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> because, of course. 
<laughs> yeah, well, uh, so, but but I mean, for, for all the talk about, you know, what possibly could happen with A&M this season, I mean, they haven't even played a game yet, you know, and, and some people have already uh, thrown someone out with the bathwater. But this class that A&M has put together, um, you know, there's there's a lot to like about it. And, and Max Wright and Leon O'Neill are, are two very quality uh you know, high quality gets for them. Well, to be fair, we can't we can't fault anybody for throwing someone out with the bathwater when his boss basically came on the record and said, "Please throw him out with the bathwater yeah. if he doesn't win ten games." Well, well, it is interesting. I'm just surprised what they've been able to do, especially this month, uh, and especially with Texas being kind of hot as well. So uh, that's going to be a situation to watch as they keep recruiting. Well, I think they are now up to. Let me take a look. Uh, number eleven in the team ranking, so very high. Uh, for them, that's a, that's a great spot for them to be in. Oh man, these team rankings. We got to luckily I have this next topic on the uh, on the agenda. We'll move on right now. Now, Rod Cassidy. We've heard you say a thousand times, Oregon can't re- get the best players out of the state of Florida, and obviously, <laughs> there's still a long way to go. And I'm sure that's what we're going to talk about. Oh boy, there is. They're currently number seven in the team rankings, which is incredible because I believe at the beginning of the month they were somewhere in the 60s. If we look at their commitment list. Uh, you know they they flipped they flipped Braden Lindsay, who's a in-state four-star kid from Notre Dame, so that's a good win. The guy I want to talk about is Warren Thompson, a uh, player that you're very high on, and and I had seen some people maybe tweeting at me saying he was going to commit this week, early in the week, and I was like, yeah, sure he is, you know. <laughs> and then uh, turns out he did. I mean, we're talking about a guy with offers from Alabama and several other schools. I don't know you know, where he was in terms of, uh, take. All right. So let's, so let's hear So let's hear about it. What's go? Why did he commit? And do you, what do you think this is? Do you think this is just them accepting? I don't know why he committed. Um, but here, here's the best way I can explain this is through a little anecdote. Um, we remember what happened with Trey McKitty last year, right? He was, you know, wired, he was committed to Oregon forever until it was time to go to Oregon. And then I saw him at Florida State's camp working the camp this weekend. So we saw how that went. I was spending some time with one of Oregon's commits at that camp this weekend, Isaiah Bolden. He is committed to Oregon. I was talking to him on and off the record. And on the record, he was like, yeah, I'm committed to Oregon. Florida State's my favorite. My parents want me to go there. Now, I don't know. You've been covering recruiting a while now. Uh, that sentence to me says, good luck getting him to sign. You know, if your parents want him at Florida State – and somehow, and I know it makes no sense except in the world of recruiting where nothing really makes sense and everything is fake, Florida State is his leader, but he's committed to Oregon? I, I don't know, man. I just – I don't see that happening. I don't think he's going to Oregon. I, there's no way. Um, he also said the words on the record, I'm going to sign early, but my signing day is going to be real interesting. <laughs> okay. And I think that's what you're going to get with Thompson. You know, I hate to be the dude that kind of poo-poos on Oregon, and it's great. I mean, Oregon, I'm sure it's a great – they have recruiting pull. They have a lot going for them. I think that – uh, Willie Taggart's going to do a great job there. It is just so hard to get these kids out of Florida that have options in the Southeast, especially in the state of Florida, to Oregon. It's easy to get them to commit. It's hard to get them to sign and actually go to Oregon. Uh, everybody wants to visit. Everybody wants to commit. But man, once it comes time to you know for the rubber to meet the road, a lot of times these kids balk, you know, and Warren's going to have options. I mean, there's options for Thompson. Florida is not going to give up on him. Uh, if they have a good season, he may end up there. Florida State's not going to give up on him. I know that his dad is very high on Florida State. It's going to be hard. It's hard, easier to get these kids to commit than it is to sign if you're Oregon. It's just such a long distance. Uh, and it's nothing against that program because that program's got a lot of things going for it. 
and it can get kids out of other regions and it can get kids out of Florida, but the very top kids, it's going to be tough. And I think we'll see it with uh, this hall that they have now. So what do you think the, the change, obviously they're going to get, they signed several guys out of Florida last year late that he, he did the relationships with from USF, but do you think this is a different approach? I don't know if Thompson ever visited. I know that Bolden did visit. So do you think this is just a situation where the old staff had a rule where they wouldn't take commitments at this point if kids hadn't visited? Or uh, because I, I mean, from a perception standpoint, and as we no, I think they to- want to go. Like, I think ideally they love Oregon, they love the visits, they love Taggart. Uh, I think they do want to go to Oregon. I just think when it comes time to actually go to Oregon, and it's not just the idea of Oregon anymore, and it's time to pack your bags and move away from everything you know to the Northwest, it's harder than than it looks. I mean, it's one of these things to them that seems like great in theory. And if they lived in Texas even, or in Kansas, or in Idaho, or somewhere that wasn't on, you know, it's easier to fly to London from Miami than it is to fly to Oregon almost, that, you know... They'd follow through. But man, it is so hard. And you know, that's just not me hypothesizing here. I mean, we've seen it proven over and over again. And maybe the staff is different. Uh, we'll see. But I don't think it's ever really been, at least when it comes to this specific ordeal with Florida kids in Oregon, I don't think it's ever really been a problem with anything that has to do with the program. It's just, you know, the simple distance. Yeah, I just don't remember them ever. I mean, you mentioned Kitty. He was a three-star, you know. It would have been a four-star if he would just play defensive end like he was supposed to. Wait, but he looks good right now, man. I saw him at that camp, and he has lost a lot of weight. Uh, he, he looks, he he gain, looks, looks like a tight end again. Transplant or no? Did that? <laughs> no, still waiting on that. <laughs> because he could not catch. Uh, so anyway, but the, the guys, they had three guys committed. I don't know what the story is with Jonathan King. I think that's the kind of player they can typically get. Those yeah, are they can, I think time. they'll get him. Because uh, if you look down his offers, he does have an offer from Florida and a lot of SEC schools, but no, no Miami, no Florida State. Um, so that, but that's the kind of guy I think that we we expect them to keep. But yeah, Thompson and Bolden, two interesting guys. Um, they get a better shot with Thompson. I man, I'm ready to like. I don't think they're keeping Bolden, but Thompson, we'll see. I mean, I haven't heard anything from Warren that makes me think otherwise. But Bolden himself has said things that have made me think, ah, you're not going there. All right, so so, but they're rolling. I mean, we have to take that into account. Yeah. Number seven is pretty high in these in these team rankings, and I think uh, that's worth uh, lauding at least at this point. We'll we'll see because if Rob if Rob is wrong, I'm sure, well if if uh, I, I never mind. I was <laughs> I was going to say if, if any Oregon fans listen to this show, they'd be all over you. Um, but I'm not sure we really have a big audience there, despite uh, my strong ties to the state. So back now, it's this is kind of a shared one for the two of you. Uh, Joshua Moore, who was at IMG Academy, I believe, and then he moved home back to Texas. So uh, shared between the two of you guys in terms of uh, scouting. (laughs) I barely know the kid. He commits to Nebraska, which uh, was great for uh, Krug City's uh, pagey account for sure. But his twin brother is committed to Texas A&M. Now, I I think the main reason he moved back home home to Texas was because he was a little homesick while at IMG. Do we see a scenario in which these guys end up going to different schools, Nick, or what, what's, what's the deal here with our, with our boy, Josh, who is a definitely an interesting personality based on the times I've talked to him. I like Josh. No, I, think, I'm I, think saying, I mean, he's a, he, he, he's an easygoing kid. He's, he's fun to talk to. 
Yeah, he's fun to stay. But both of them, him and his brother Jordan, have both been uh, been real easy to deal with. Yeah, and and you're right. I mean, the the, the story with him transfer. So he transferred to IMG after his junior season. <clears throat> him, and, uh, he and his brother led their Yokum team to a state championship appearance. They didn't win. He transfers to IMG basically for the rest of his junior, like half, half of his junior year. Right, gets uh, gets the feels that he wants to come back home, and uh, had positive things to say about his time at IMG, but but. You know, just wanted to come back home. And I think, I, I want to think that part of that is motivated because they feel like they can win the state championship again this year at Yoakum. And then if they're going to go their separate ways, Jordan to uh, Texas A&M and then uh, Joshua to Nebraska, you know, they can say that they, you know, kind of went out uh, with a bang together at the high school level in their senior years. And uh, and then they'll figure, you know, they'll figure to have uh nice college careers in their respective schools. Now, you know, everybody's interested to know that there's, a, there's obviously some other factors at play. We referenced the situation with someone's possible future at Texas A&M, how that will deal with Jordan. Uh, Jordan's decision is, is going to be interesting, especially now that uh, Joshua is committed to Nebraska. Um, and I thought at the time that Jordan committed to Texas A&M, it was a little bit of a power play involved there to kind of have nudge Josh. Uh, towards uh, considering Texas A&M a little bit harder as well, but you know, as it turns out, you know, they're both uh, they're both you know giving us the line that they've got to do what's best for them, even though uh, you know their brotherly uh, connection is you know is going to be split apart there. But you know, it's not the first time that we've seen uh, brothers play in separate places, and uh, you know, and they very well could stick to this, and um, you know, we'll see what happens. Joshua said that he wanted to sign uh, in December. So and he's and he's confirmed that he's going to be there. He's actually going to be there this weekend, uh, and then going, you know, and said that he wants to go back there two more times in the fall as well. So he's he's very, uh, by all by all accounts and appearances, very very serious about his ties to Nebraska. Both of them actually, you know, going back to the uh, the satellite camp that we were talking about before that Texas A and M hosted, uh, that Nebraska was also at working. You know, Coach Riley was there. Both of those, bro- uh, both Josh and Jordan, were were at Texas A&M as well. You know, being able to deal with both staffs. Um, you know, so there there was probably a little bit of communication going on as to the cause and effect of you know what's going to happen should both of them continue to stay the course that they're on too. So, you know, uh, we're you know we're just going to have to see what happens in the fall. A lot of cards uh, left to be played, but you know, if both of them are considering uh, signing in December. You know that kind of accelerates the process ever so slightly, and you know, and we'll get to a final answer that way. Did you well, say that their high school is, is named Yokum? Yokum. But if that's you told right. me, Kruger, if you were like, "Look, there's this high school named Yokum High School," I would immediately be able to identify what state that's in. Like that could <laughs> exist nowhere else other than Texas. There is no that's, way. And Yo- and Yokum is interesting, and and they probably would have won the state championship last year if they would have had a, a quarterback. They, they, I think they're, I think the quarterback that they started the season with got hurt. And then they were playing with another guy, and it's a small school. It's like a two A school, so you know not How a lot of. How does a school like Yokum, a two A school like Yoke, named Yokum, not have some like Matt Saracen adjacent corn boy quarterback that can really throw the ball? Well, I got news for you. I mean, in addition to the more, and, and that's the pro- that's that was the problem with that team. Yes, uh, last year is they've got these two guys, uh, two four star skill positions, both within the rivals two fifty, and really just couldn't get, just couldn't feed them the ball well enough. I mean. You can only run so many bubble screens and catch the defense by surprise. You know what I mean? So, um, you know, so that was kind of, that was kind of their Achilles heel last year. They have a they have a really good running back slash defensive end named uh, Henry Enoch, who I think is is on the, on the fast track to being a three star fullback this year. 
Um, <laughs> all right. Well, Nick, do you want to do question? Okay. Of the old. Send me all your Yoakum related questions. The old coach over there, Nick Kruger, uh, doing his best. Uh, before the two of you went on that three minute jag about that. I was going to ask you. No, no, you're right. Let's talk about Oregon some more. Oh, yeah, listen, you're, you're derailing me again. Make a pre- now I'm putting you on the spot. Make a prediction. Where do these two go? Do they go together? Was one go one way, one go the other? It's prediction time, Kruger. No more Yoakum's fullback talk. Um, I'm horrible at these predictions, so I'm just going to say that they both stick with where they're going. Sad. Rob, you'll go out on a limb. What are they going to do? Uh, they're both going to a I know nothing about them. Uh, I always just pick the home state. And if this dude, Josh, is that homesick at IMG, he's really going to get homesick when he gets to Lincoln. Okay. So there you go. That, I, I tend to lean more towards Rob's position, but you never know. I, the, the, they could both end up in. Although all bets court. are off if our boy someone ends up you know, in right. the employment line. Yeah, yeah. I guess that we, we talked about that earlier. I guess I didn't think about that. So um, anyway... Uh, moving on, now it's time for the Tweet of the Week. Oh, I forgot I have to do There's that. There's a sound effect from Nick. <laughs> He's the smartest three-year-old ever to come to this show. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of blurry sound effects now. We need the other one back. You subtweet people all the time. You're nothing but an embarrassment. Someone put one in here from Sage Rosenfels, which I guess, uh, who was that? Was that you, Rob? Yeah, that was me. I, I got a kick out of that. Okay, you can read that one then. So the Ohio State football account, as it tends to do, as all these you know college football accounts tend to do, tweets out, is there anything or is there anywhere else you'd rather be than Columbus, Ohio, with the thinking emoji and a picture of their saddle to skyline? And our boy Sage Rosenfeld, the football analyst, just starts listing cities. Uh, quote tweets it with Boulder, Austin, Seattle, Portland, San Francisco, Ames. Ames is the one that really got me when I was reading that. I thought it was I thought it was nice. I thought it was funny. What else do we got? Yeah, yeah Ames. Is it, wait, did he go to Iowa? Is he from? Did he go to Iowa State? I don't know. I hope not. It's funnier if he didn't. It's funnier if he just picked Ames out of thin air. I don't know where Sage Rosenfels went to school. I, I didn't even realize he wasn't still on a roster somewhere. It's so interesting with these backup quarterbacks like him. We have a friend of the show, Jonathan Quinn, who often... Uh, it's really only funny if he didn't go to Iowa State. I didn't uh, even think that he maybe went to, he went there. Nah, he went to Iowa State. Ah, that's lame. Sad. He looks like he went to Iowa State. He had like a... <laughs> He's probably from Yoakum High School as well. Think about it. He played in 44 career games. That's pretty impressive. He had a nice run with the Texans here. Yeah, he started five games in back-to-back years in 07 and 08. He's got to be the most successful quarterback in Iowa State history, not named Seneca Wallace, right? By the way, Seneca Wallace coaches a private school here in Texas. Can you tell us about the fullback situation? Fullback. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so I've got another tweet of the week uh, featuring uh, Dash Pinder. uh, At Dash Pinder is a uh, God first, Alabama two times All American, former team Bahamas sprinter. Uh, So uh, now he works in corporate sales for Pepsi, it appears. And our boy Dash tweets, uh, stop comparing GPA to athletic scholarships. NCAA is a business. 
your GPA isn't generating revenue. Nobody paying to come see you read. Here's an early rant by me. I mean, that, that tweet was better when Cardell did well, it. Well, it's earlier. very similar. It's very the same similar. exact tweet. Um, and, and then and then several people argued with him, including several recruiting reporters, which I thought was pretty funny. Um, you know, and it goes on and on. I mean, uh, those are got to be the kind of recruiting reporters that really like good good player, better person, right? Yeah, this one person who's arguing with him as a former rivals employee who uh, who once told me that uh, when he goes to games, he doesn't wear his rivals polo because he likes to uh, you know be in disguise and he can really hear what people are saying which is the opposite from the so, reason i don't yeah, do it i don't wear it because i don't like handlers and parents bugging me yeah he's got a lot of hot takes on that but anyway i laughed at it anyway our boy dash like you said it's not really that different than uh than nobody nobody white we didn't come right here to school. play school yeah which is uh, which is always classic so anyway those are the two tweets of the week now boy we've got a let's move on to rants and recommendations Now, I have uh, a Commitment Issue Storylines update. Now, Rob, you missed the last episode. But I noticed that Delta had switched from the Snyder's pretzels to gluten-free pretzels. And guess what? I took another flight, uh, this time from Atlanta to Philadelphia, and guess what I got? More gluten-free pretzels. <laughs> I'm, I'm happy to report they did add almonds, uh, nice salted almonds to the mix. But, th- you know, this gluten-free situation is out of control. I veto it. Number two, I'm going right into my second uh, airline-related rant. You know, a lot of, I know you two especially, Rob uh, always falls asleep on planes uh, almost instantly. Nick is also a very proficient plane sleeper and sleeper basically anywhere uh, where he can get two minutes to close his eyes. Uh, I'm not the same. You know, I pick, I have to be real tired to actually fall asleep on a plane. So I'm flying back uh, from New Orleans to Atlanta last week and I'm, I'm dozed. I'm out cold. I got my, I didn't have my eye mask on, but I was out open mouth sleeping as I've been known to do. And all of a sudden I jolted awake by the, you know, I don't want to say flight attendants talking on the microphone and, the, and they were just finishing up their, their credit card rant, you know, where they try to get you to sign up for the card, which is, yeah, I don't really like that, but whatever. I, I understand it's a business. And they don't do that on American anymore. Yeah. They don't do it on every flight. I just, I think sometimes they choose to do it if, uh, you know, I don't know if they get a, if there's a bonus structure or whatever, but, uh, anyway, then the flight, the flight attendant says, Oh, and also, everybody on the plane, pay attention. And I was like, uh, what, what's going on now, you know? I'm, I'm sleeping. And they say, we'd like to make a special announcement for, this is not the guy's name, but like, Jason Johnson. He's celebrating his 34th birthday today. Wow. So everyone on the plane, on the count of three, yell as loud as you can, happy birthday. And I was like, What? <laughs> Yeah, the I only way that should be allowed is if somebody's turning 100. Other well, than no, that, if it's a, yeah. listen, if it's a child and we do it right, you know, right before we take off, 
or right. But you're a 34-year-old man. That means they had to tell the person, hey, you know, it's my birthday. I'd really appreciate a shout-out from all these random strangers on an airplane. <laughs> you're a 34-year-old man. Stop. You know, guess what? You don't get to celebrate your birthday anymore. It's over. We all know I hate my birthday. It's been well-documented. I could never imagine in, in any point in my life telling someone, hey, you know, it's my birthday. If you could make an announcement. I mean. No. It was probably his wife or something. Or well, like guess a, what? Or <laughs> like a kid, a kid. They should just be like, okay, listen, sir, we're going to open the plane door and throw you off. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you're going to go skydiving on your birthday. <laughs> right, yeah, you're contributing nothing to society except for waking people up from nap. And, it, and it, it, you can imagine it was like one, two, three. Well, you know. no, 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 no. You should so so the credit card spiel is what woke you up, right? Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. And then I mean, you would be so much more angry if you were jolted awake by a plane full of people screaming "Happy Birthday" out of the blue. Well, <laughs> and when you found out what it was for, you would have really. <laughs> I, I believe I. It was. It's been an eventful week. I'm traveling too much because I dropped several expletives out loud, like you know, <laughs> as I asked the person next to me. Which, of course, no one ever responds to me when I talk to them in these situations. Because you're a crazy person. <laughs> As I say, are you kidding me? With a few more colorful words thrown in. And they just looked at me and then looked back forward. <laughs> um, as I told Rob another story off the air about another airline incident I had over the weekend. Uh, which involved me giving someone a flat tire on purpose to send a message. You know, oh I got uh, I, I got rang up at the Tallahassee airport this weekend for leaving my bags unattended. Uh, you know, I know they always say it, but I mean, the Tallahassee airport is so small that I just like went and went to the restroom real quick uh, and came out, and there was a security guard that scolded me and kicked me out and made me go back through security. Wow, oh I would be in jail. See that that something similar to that happened when I was with somebody else at a, at an airport, I think it was in like, it might've been in like orange County in California. And we were sitting in a restaurant and then we moved tables, like two tables over and they forgot their backpack sitting and they, they said, where's my backpack? And they go, Oh, I left it at the other table. Then it was gone. Yeah. Because those, it was probably the same ponytail security so they, guard that got me, man. <laughs> well, I mean, I understand, you know, if you see something, say something, but what are you supposed to do, with, like you said, with your luggage? Bring it all into the bathroom every time, especially when you got your computer out and set it's up? It's not and- like this is LaGuardia Airport or something. Like there were probably – and this is not an exaggeration at all. I bet there were 100 people in the entire airport. I mean if you've ever been to the Tallahassee Airport, it's not exactly a bustling hub. <laughs> There's like six gates. Uh, so I just you know went went to the restroom and you know there was just a – ponytailed man with the look of disappointment like I had just somehow let him down when I walked out and then he made me go through security again. And what did you do? You have, you know, for you making fun of me for being a lunatic, you have a bad temper as well. So No, this didn't bother me though. I mean, it did obviously because I'm complaining about it now but like, you know, it's Tallahassee Airport. It's not like the security line was long. If it would have been like LaGuardia or Miami or something where it really would have been a hassle, I may have flipped out. Uh, But, you know, I had to, you know, at the end of the day, I had to walk like 40 feet and wait in line behind like two other people. Well, but what does the – why would you have to go back? To, what could have happened? Well, like, you know, in case like an unsavory planted a, a box cutter or something, I guess. I don't know. I didn't ask for an explanation. I just kind of rolled my eyes at him and went and did it. Boy, I would – boy, you want to talk about <laughs> being lucky that didn't happen to me. I, 
you know, it, it would have been a it would have been a, a Dave Dorsey situation uh, for the second week in a row if so we give Dave a shout out. Although you probably can't hear it. Uh, <laughs> that's a, that's an extremely inside joke for me and Nick, but it's still funny nonetheless. <laughs> I feel like I got chastised for making fun of deaf people on this podcast. I, well, see, now you're giving too much information. Oh uh, no! Well, he's not deaf though. Okay, that's it. No more. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to have to do, go go through the whole edit process that I went through <laughs> last week when when or whenever that was the last time we got in trouble. So, um, all right, any recommendations, Rob? I see you've got one here, which I can also talk about. So let's go. Yeah, have you seen it? Uh, so I, I, I started watching Love on the recommendation of my friend Eric. Um, it's really weird. Uh, it's not something that I felt like I would have liked. Uh, the first episode I was a little turned off, but the more I watched, the more I liked it. I enjoy it. Uh, I think it's, you know, it's, it's like a poor man's master of none sort of, I guess it's not nearly that funny, uh, but it's still pretty good. Um, you know, obviously the, the title kind of gives you, I mean, it is kind of, it's like a quirky love story, right? It's like a, uh, you'd expect Zoe Deschanel to be in it almost the way the tone is. Uh, I think it's good. I think it's interesting. I think it's different than anything on television right now. And that's, you know, this isn't, uh, me pounding the table on an emphatic recommendation, but I think it's definitely worth checking out. Yeah, it, it depends on what type of show. It's a show by Judd Apatow, so if you like anything from the Apatow universe, you would probably like it uh, similar to... I would compare it more to Girls than I would to Master of None. Uh, yeah, I've but, not seen Girls. <clears throat> yeah, I would compare it more to that. Uh, it's definitely a lot of cringeworthy moments, though. I mean, a lot of... You know, if you... If when Michael Scott did weird stuff on The Office or, you know, Curb Your Enthusiasm where you get, like, anxious or whatever and you don't think that's funny... Um, you have to take that into account because there's a lot of super awkward uh, moments in that show because the two characters are very awkward uh, and not in like a charming Zoe Deschanel way in like a drug addict, sex addict <laughs> type of awkwardness. In the more fun sense of the word. <laughs> right, yeah. So definitely very awkward. Um, so yeah, but I like it. I actually have not yet watched season two because I, I uh, have a weird way of of keeping track of these uh, Netflix shows and whatnot, but but yeah, I would I would recommend watching it. I enjoyed it. So Nick, you got anything for us this week? Yeah, I actually do have something. It, it really makes me angry. Uh, yes, one of the one of the guys that I've been covering for for a little while, a uh, high three star cornerback named Christian Young, uh, goes to Richmond Foster out here. No no word on their fullback situation, but anyway, he he tweeted a couple days ago, I, and I don't have exact dates here. This is like ballpark timing, but basically a couple days ago, he put out a tweet. He said, I'm announcing my commitment on July 11th. So I put it down on the calendar, make a note of it, get ready. You know, he's somebody that I could have, you know, had a nice story and video and all, all this stuff ready to go for when he makes his announcement. Two days later, he announces his commitment to Iowa State. So this is like, there's a lot of Iowa State talk too on this podcast, but this, this happened just a couple days ago. Days after announcing July 11th was the day. He he puts his announce he commits to Iowa State like that and you know I mean in the midst of in the midst of everything my parents being in town so on and so forth you know I didn't have I didn't have a chance to respond to that and I was and I was upset I mean you know he's a guy that came to the Rivals Camp Series event in New Orleans somebody that we could have had a nice uh, you know nice coverage of and I think this is the second time that this has happened with an Iowa State related recruit where they get into a con where. I think I think one of the assistants or something put something out there a little too early with the commitment news on Twitter or something like that, and then it forced his 
you know, make, making the announcement before he said that he was going to commit on July 11th, which was the, I, and I haven't talked to him. I don't know if that's like his birthday or something like that, but that was the day that he had pegged. And then you know, all of a sudden, boom, here he is. He's, he's committed. Oh, so the coaching staff, jeez. Oh, oh, well, I mean, I'm not so, going to make so, the joke I want to make here because I don't want a mob of angry Cyclone fans. So I just bite my lip. I'm not saying that's what happened, but I know that happened with another Iowa State commitment and i'm assuming that you know it was a similar circumstance but so so what is your rant that coaches are are gossiping little girls no well my rant my rant is is that (laughs) that's also true if you're going to commit on july 11th and you got somebody like me who's you know making a schedule around that announcement and you know, stick to it, please. That's all. <laughs> Grant's recommendations and polite requests. Right, well, that's really relatable to our audience for sure. Um, but any, I agree with you, but guess what? You can't, you, you know, unfortunately, as I often tell people, you can't trust anything. Uh, that these I'm just saying it's it's one thing. If, it's one thing if it's a couple weeks later, you know, this was two days. He made, he made, he put it out there July 11th and days later, with weeks to go before the July 11th date, he, he makes his announcement. So it wasn't even close to the Ju- July 11th projection at all, is all I'm saying. <laughs> all right. So things, you know, it's hard out here for us as we're just trying to plan our schedules here. Um, Kruger's missing out on page views uh, and uh, all types of other things are happening. So I guess, I guess that wraps it up. Uh, where, where are we all going next? I'm going to Italy next week, by the way, so I'm out. Um well, you guys just yeah, it'll be the Craig and Rob show. I'll be in Tampa this weekend, um, just for one day at the Big County Preps event that I like to attend uh, every year, and then I am off for a while until the All Star Game, in which I will be taking vacation and attending baseball events uh, all week. Oh man, hey, I should I should have did a rant on the home run derby and how well, we can you'll never get that. that fourteen hours of your life back. Yeah, back, uh, back, back, back. No. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> Can they bring uh, no, Berman not, out of retirement to do that? Is he doing that or no? Who? The home Who's run Berman? derby. Uh, they haven't announced who's in it yet. That I mean, they're, the big thing is is trying to get Aaron Judge from the Yankees to do it. And he's, you know, there's this like stupid superstition of, you know, guys have somehow convinced themselves that if you do the home run derby, it screws up the second half of your season, even though there's like no data to back that up whatsoever. Uh, so we're... Are, are we sure there's no data on that? No, I there's feel not. Like there I read is. a story on it like last week. Like it ha- people's seasons have been screwed up uh, like three times probably, but you know the much larger sample size uh, is that it has no effect. Well, I, I would I would I would say there's not a whole lot of upside. Although Judge is a player, a baseball player whose name I know, so he must be doing pretty good for himself. Yeah, he's really really hitting the ball. <laughs> I'm uh, I'm tentatively planning on being at the Pylon Seven on Seven National Championships. Uh, oh yeah, you better be. Going. What do you mean tentatively? What's going on? Well, yeah, I offered know, to cover that if you weren't going. I, I, I sent in my media credential request and I haven't heard anything oh, back. Oh, forget from the that. They're not going to kick you out of there. That thing is, dude. That thing is a free for all. Okay. Right. You know what? I'm talking. Let me talk to Jimmy. I'm doing it. Play us out. I will talk to Jimmy this week, though. <laughs>